But Wicked Smart Sports Guys is brought to you by CellMaxBatteries.com. As always, the go-to website for all your battery needs. CellMax Batteries carries a full line of super heavy-duty ultra-alkaline lithium and button cell batteries. CellMax Batteries compares in quality to well-known national brands, and the best part, CellMax Batteries are priced much lower than their competitors. Flashlights, remote controls, game controls, headphones, digital cameras, hearing aids, smoke alarms, radios, whatever device you need a battery for. CellMax Batteries has the best batteries at the best price for your device. You can order a 24-pack of AA or AAA heavy-duty batteries for only $5.99 or a 24-pack of ultra-alkaline ideal for all kinds of gaming and high-tech devices at just $12.99. And you can save even more off of those low prices by using coupon code BOSTON. That is BOSTON, all uppercase, at checkout. And you can save 20% off your entire order. That's coupon code BOSTON, all uppercase, at checkout. And save big today. Semixbatteries.com, C-E-L-L-M-A-X batteries.com, the official sponsor of the Wicked Smart Sports Guys. All right, welcome back to another episode of the Wicked Smart Sports Guys, a podcast. Thanks, as always, to Dolly Dreams for the intro music. The Red Sox are a dumpster fire right now, and we're going to talk about the disaster that has been the last week plus for them with the founder of the Boston Sports Report, that's at Boston Sports BSR on Twitter. He also writes Red Sox and Celtics, maybe some other stuff too, for Guy Boston Sports. He's at Sports Guy Geo on Twitter. Geo Rivera making his second appearance on the podcast. Geo, how are you feeling today? Good, how are you? Good, not so great because we are talking about the Red Sox and how terrible they've been. So let's just get right into it. The Red Sox are going through probably, I would say, their most tumultuous stretch of baseball since September of 2011. We all remember that. I don't think that's an unfair statement to say. Uh, and this team is arguably more talented than that team as well. An eight-game losing streak. They're now six and a half games behind the Rays for that second wild card spot. Six and a half. You know, at this point, Gio you can make the argument that that's almost an insurmountable lead, especially uh, for this team with this with the way they are playing. So, Gio, let's start with a pretty broad question, and we'll move on from there. What went wrong? What went wrong for this Red Sox team this season? Why have they been so bad? And what do they do to fix it next season? Because this season is pretty much over from the looks of it. Well, when you look at the season, you got to go back to the offseason prior to the season. You know, you look at guys like Joe Kelly and Craig Kimbrell, and you go, we well, didn't want to invest the money that they earned via free agency. That's perfectly fine. But you can't let those guys walk without replacing their arms. And you bring guys like Josh Taylor, like Marcus Walden, like many of the other names I've never even heard of prior to the season. Throw those guys in the bullpen into these spots and ask them to do the jobs that they know they can't fill. They can't fill the shoes of a Craig Kimbrell, of a... Of a Joe Kelly. Joe Kelly was pretty phenomenal towards, you know, the beginning of last season. He had a little bit of a swoon midway through the year, but he still came through towards the end of the season. And then you got you got guys like Keith Hembry, like Ryan Brazier that, you know, showed flashes last season, but they're not doing it this season. And they're proving to you that they're not major league arms. They don't belong on this team. And you even bring a guy like Stephen Wright, a knuckleballer who hasn't even been here for Lord knows how long. And you try to throw him out there and he doesn't belong there. You saw him get pounded in that Dodger series. And personally, they... they in a sense, it's like Dombrowski kind of half-assed his job and didn't go out and get the necessary arms that you needed to bring in to replace those arms that you didn't want to pay for and give the money via free agency. And it all goes back to that, honestly. Yeah, I mean, it is the same thing we have been talking about all season, and it's just really blown up this past week, and we have to kind of just go over and get basically the obituary to the season because that's what this is. An obituary, the Red Sox season is officially dead, I think we all can say. So this is 
why we're going through all this stuff again. I mean, whose year has disappointed you of all the players? Who, who have you been most disappointed by? Are you gonna? Is it Chris Sale? I mean, again, we were talking about all season his year. Is it? Is it him? Is he number one on the list for you? It's by far got to be Chris Sale. He's got 11 losses. His ERA is damn near five. He's got two starts within a week against the Yankees in which he's had opportunities to step up and, you know, transcend his year, and he still hasn't done it. And then it's like the same routine after every single start, despite who's he going up against, where he gets pounded, and he goes off to the media, oh, I suck, I'm this, I'm that. And it's like you're not making the necessary adjustments. You go to that last Yankee start, you want to cry about those four pitches that you didn't get. Regardless, that doesn't at all, you know, at all change what you were doing within that start you were getting pounded regardless and you go out and you get ejected and there's just this whole act he's had a terrible year personally and yeah you can't say he's not been the most disappointing on the team yeah you know Gio I, I asked this on my, my new Boston sports polls page at Boston sports polls that I, I mentioned on the podcast last week and people should really go check it out and give it a follow some, come run some great polls on there but you know Chris Sale ran away with it with over 80 percent of the vote but one name on that list that I really thought would get more of the vote is Dustin Pedroia. And, you know, disappointed perfectly sums it up for me because that's what I am. I'm disappointed that he didn't play even 10 games, never mind the 120 that they were selling us before the season. You remember that? Uh, I'm disappointed that his contract is still on the books, even though he hasn't done anything for this team in years. And I'm disappointed the most, Gio, by the fact that he won't retire. Like, you, you can't play anymore. It's clear it's over but you're just going to refuse to retire so you can, what, collect the check for doing nothing? I mean, that's that's what really frustrates me, Gio, because it really feels like that's what this is about, is just keep rehabbing wink-wink until your contract is up and you've collected all your money and then retire. I mean, I, I understand it from a business standpoint, but from a Red Sox standpoint, it is really screwing them over. So, it, I mean, is that what it's going to be, Gio, two more years of this charade until the contract finally expires? You know, I can't blame you for feeling that way because that's exactly what it appears to be. We've been awaiting his return. Uh, at this point, I'm honestly banking on him just coming back for playing maybe one final game, getting his send-off and walking out. But there's no way in hell he's going to come back within the two years. It's it's an ongoing knee injury. Doctors have already told him it's going to be aggravated. You're still going to feel the pain. And, you know, at least last year we saw him hanging around a little bit, you know, in the dugout and he was around during the season. This season he's back home. He hasn't, you know, stepped foot at Fenway Park for Lord knows how long. And yeah, like you said, you know, they're paying him for pretty much nothing. We've gotten nothing out of him within the past two years. He hasn't hit like a single postseason home run since like, what, 2013? He's numbers, if you look at his numbers in the postseason back in for a few previous runs have been terrible. There isn't a whole lot he can contribute. And then you look at Michael Chavis and what he's been doing for us and that he can be a future second baseman. And there's just no place for him, honestly. Yeah, and Gio, wouldn't it just be so transparent if his contract did end and that's when he retired? Wouldn't it just, like, that would infuriate me. It was just like, so this was all, because it would be so clear that you were never trying to play again. I mean, maybe you were, but you kind of knew in the back of your mind, well, this isn't going to work out. I'll, I'll just keep trying until my contract is up. And then I'll be like, well, it didn't work out, guys. I, and right now, the way I'm looking at it, I think that that's the way it's going to end up. I will have so much res more respect for him if he retires before the deal is up than if he did once it is because that would just be so ridiculous to me that we've had this guy in the books now for the past, you know, two, three years and he hasn't came been on the field, you know, for more than, what, 10, 20 games, something like that. So it, it is... It's just ridiculous. Uh, but Gio, let's, let's move on from the broader sense. Specifically over the last week, what went wrong? Was it the lack of moves at the trade deadline that demoralized them? 
Was it the level of teams they were playing? Was it the pressure that got to them? What has led them to their worst stretch of baseball since 2014? And like we said earlier, perhaps their most tumultuous stretch since 2011. Why has this happened? Why have they just collapsed here? Well, personally, let me begin by presenting the devil's advocate argument with people going, well, the team hasn't shown anything. Why would Dombrowski make a move at the deadline? I don't buy into that for the fact that if you look at the offense, what they did against New York was incredible. You got, remember that second game where Heath Henry came in with like a seven run lead and he still almost could, he couldn't even record a single out. You look at that. And then you look at the fact that you guys were putting up the numbers and you got seasons like Christian Vasquez, you got seasons like Raphael Devers, like Xander Bogarts. Guys are coming through. They're putting up the numbers. Don't throw the entire team under the bus to cover up the fact that you didn't do anything in the offseason. You know, that's that. And you look at Chris Sale, too. You want to throw him into that. He got absolutely exposed towards that fourth game. You had the opportunity to sweep New York, to go into a race series with all the momentum your way, and that you didn't come through in that series either. And now you're in this position where... You know, the season is it's over. You can't you can't say it isn't. There's no way you're coming back from this. You can't make up the six, seven, whatever games you are down within a month, especially this team as inconsistent as they are. But when you look at seasons of the guys that are coming through for you, you got to look at that and the fact that your offense is incredibly dominant and go, you know what? If we just we make a move, maybe we can invest in this team. Maybe we can get somewhere. Maybe we can make a push. But you know, we were waiting for this bullpen, for the starting rotation, some select fuse, to come through all season long from back in, like, May. And they still haven't done it. And it's like, what did you expect? Did you really expect someone to flourish out of nowhere and have the miraculous thing that, like, what Brazier did, how he came up, how, how Heath Embry was having his, his, his stretch? And it never happened. And it came back and it backfired. And that's why we are where we're here today. You know, Gio, you're so right. They're first in the MLB in runs scored, RBIs, batting average. What, what, what are you saying? They didn't show anything. They showed they're maybe the best offense in baseball. Like, that is what they're showing you. You need to get the, you need to get the pitching. And they just refused all season, like you said. And Look, we're going to get to this a little bit later, but they had the hamstrings with the payroll and the ownership. And how much blame you want to place on ownership, I think, is a totally separate question. If you want to blame them for not going to that luxury tax, that's fine. I mean, like I was just get got done saying, the fact that Pedroia's money was still on the books hurt them. The fact that Sandoval's money still on the books hurt them. So I don't totally blame Dave Dombrowski for that. If he did have the green light from ownership to say, hey, we don't money's no object. Go out, just try to build the best team. I think this season would have played out a lot differently, and I think he would have made a lot, the moves a lot differently. That's just what I believe. So, uh, all right, Gio, let's just say since the season is over, let's look ahead to the offseason, shall we? Rick Porcello will be a free agent. But, you know, bye, see you later. We don't need to talk about him. J.D. Martinez can opt out and make no mistake about it. The way his contract is structured, and since Scott Boris is agent, he's opting out. His, his contract was always structured so that he got the most money in the first two years before his opt-out, and then the AAV would go down. So the AAV's dipping under $20 million, and look, sure, he hasn't been as good as he was last year, but he's still going to be a 30 home run, around 300 batting average guy when the year is done. If he were to opt in, he's making less than $20 million a year. He can demand more than that in free agency. Mookie Betts has been mentioned in trade rumors, and who knows, maybe the Red Sox look to trade David Price. At one point, Price was thought to be immovable. I'm sure some people still believe that, but if he can end this year with a sub-4 ERA, which I know he sucked over the last month, Gio. I know he has, and last night. But now that the pressure, pressure is off, would you really put it past David Price to start pitching well again? Now that they're basically out of it and no one cares and everyone thinks his their season is over, isn't this the time when Price would start playing well? So, so Gio, what, what I'm getting at is this. 
Next offseason, there's a good to great chance that the Red Sox lose two middle-of-the-order bats, a.k.a. their two best players from that 2018 team, and statistically, their best pitcher from this past year. J.D. could sign elsewhere, Moogie Betts could refuse to sign that contract extension they may or may not offer him and be traded, and I think both the Red Sox and David Price would probably like to move on from one another at this point. So that could be coming to an end. So Gio, I'll ask you, what should the Red Sox do this offseason? What should their plan be? How much should they be willing to pay J.D. Martinez? Should they trade Mookie if he refuses to sign an extension? Will they trade David Price? And would someone take him if you ate some of the money? All that stuff. What should they do? I think your number one priority for the Boston Red Sox is you need to re-sign Mookie Betts. You need, you know, when you look at, if you put Mike Trout aside and you look at that last year, he's, you know, undoubtedly the best player in baseball. When you look at what he can do for you defensively, playing in Fenway Park in that deep right field, what he can do for you offensively, um... Personally, I think J.D. Martinez will come back. Um, I understand, you know, the whole Scott Boris thing, but I think this is a great fit for him here. I think he genuinely likes it here. We had the recent comments about Mookie liking it here, but at the end of the day, when it comes to him and his prime, he needs to get paid, and I think he deserves to get paid. I wouldn't rule out the fact that, that David Price would walk out. He's still got that ongoing, you know, rebirth of the, the beef with Dennis Eckersley that I didn't even know was still a thing until a few weeks ago. Um, And to answer your question, yeah, I do believe that he can also come through towards the, you know, this final stretch and have a great, a great little run. Cause like you said, there is not a whole lot of pressure within the remaining, however many games we have left of baseball to play. There's nothing left to play for. Um, but if I'm the Boston Red Sox, my number one priority is, is re-signing Mookie Betts and, and locking him down here because you need that guy heading towards the future. He's your undoubtedly best player. He's your franchise guy. And you know, you got to pay him. You look at what you did with Dustin Pedroia a few years ago and the money that you gave him, this guy significantly better he's done more for you and you gotta lock a guy like that down honestly you know Gio I had someone say this to me on Twitter I asked whose season has been more disappointing the 2018-19 Celtics or the 2019 Red Sox and I had someone say this to me they said it's the Celtics on a landslide because of this they not only had the tumultuous season but they also lost Kyrie Irving and Al Horford in free agency the two best players walked in free agency and you know I thought about it and I thought don't hold your breath on that not happening to the Red Sox Mm -hmm. because that stage has not come yet for the Red Sox. With how similar their seasons have been, JD's a free agent. And uh, look, I mean, you say he loves it here. Is he really going to love it here after this year? And beyond that, isn't he just going to look for the most money? I mean, he wasn't jumping at the chance to sign here in the first place. So I really think at this point, if he gets a big offer, he he's just going to sign with whatever team offers him the most money. So I, I'm not putting that past them. And I do really think JD is the swing piece, you know, right? If he does opt in or you do resign him in free agency, then to me, you don't trade Moogie Bessio for another run at it. Mm-hmm. If he doesn't, then it's probably time to retool slash rebuild here to me. They still have a really young roster when you look at it in a lot of places. So if you do trade some of these guys for prospects, then in two years you can call them up and they can play with Benintendi and Bogards who you have locked up and Devers and Chavez. You know, maybe you call up Groom, maybe Cassius is ready, plus whatever prospects you could get from a Mookie trade. Then your payroll is clearer, so you can even sign a few more free agents to play with those guys. And suddenly, you have one of the best rosters in baseball again. So, I mean, would that be the worst thing ever if they went for that route? Sure. If not, it's it's not like what we all expected after last season, but if it's looking pretty good from where we, they are at this point. The thing is, Gio, I, they have to change something, because we saw what happens when you change nothing this year. 
Even when you have a 108 win team, if you change nothing and bring back essentially the same mix of guys, it doesn't work and it really doesn't work when it's this group in particular. So they have to shake things up. And I think rebooting it with a Mookie Betts trade and David Price trade and letting JD walk if the number is a bit too high isn't the worst idea. They can still come come out of it smelling like roses. Yeah, I don't hate that idea with the whole in regards to JD and David Price. You know, David Price... You know, he had he had his ups and downs, but at the end of the day, he finished off in the sunlight with what he did in 2018. Um, I personally would like Mookie to be the one that we bring back. He would be my main priority, but I don't hate what you're saying. I think, like what you said, we've got still got a young team, when, especially when you look at the infield, when you got Devers, you got Bogarts, you got Chavis, you got Benintendi, um, you got Vasquez, who's, you know, coming through out of nowhere with his season. Um and yeah, you know, you got those you got those prospects coming up from the minor league system who Lord knows what they're going to be. They're a little on the fence with me because of the Red Sox and how they draft. But it's not the worst place in the world to be, like you said, when you have that that core of young guys who have played, you know, at the biggest stage and have come through. But Well, Gio, let me just interrupt you here for a second because I do agree with you. I would re-sign Mookie Betts if he wanted to re-sign. But I, I think that there's a growing sentiment that perhaps Mookie Betts does not want to re-sign. So let me phrase it to you a different way. Mm-hmm. If they offer Mookie Betts an extension and he says no, what do you do at that point? Well, then I go with the route that you said. I go with the younger guys and someone coming up via free agency within you know the coming years and then bring that guy into the system that you already have created with the young guys like Bogart, Stevers, Chavis, and let those guys ride it out for a little bit. I don't, I don't, I don't hate that idea at all. Okay. Because like I said, I do, I do actually think there is a genuine argument for hey, you know, this is a still really talented team. If you believe the team can win a championship next year, then I think there is an argument for, hey, let's just keep Mookie Betts for a year. And then maybe he does resign next offseason. We'll take that chance. But, you know, let's just keep him and go for the championship for now. And we'll we'll deal with that when it, with his free agency when we come to that. But if you don't believe you're going to win a championship, which I think has to be what you believe right now after seeing what's happened this season, then you have to make the proper adjustments past that. And, like you, like you said, Mookie, signing Mookie Betts would be great, but if he doesn't accept that extension, you have to do what's right for your team, and that might be trading him. But here's the million-dollar question, Gio. Is Dave Dombrowski the guy to do it? Because we've seen his rebuild attempts in other markets. I'm talking about Detroit now, and you know who's still a dumpster fire all these years later. So when factoring in where the organization may be headed and the year that Dave Dombrowski just had as GM, should the Red Sox fire Dave Dombrowski? I personally don't think David Dombrowski is part of our future. When you look at you know his, his past track record in Detroit and the phenomenal team that they had together and the fact that all he had to do was build a bullpen over there and you had that stack rotation, you had a prime Miguel Cabrera. Um, and then you look at what we have this, what we have currently and what he's done, the job he has done here. He's, he entered the Boston Red Sox with all this money and they went, you know what, just go out and get the obvious names that you can get. He hasn't done anything incredibly creative aside from acquiring... Steve Pierce and Nathan Avaldi, which I'll give you credit for. Those are the postseason heroes that gave us that awesome run. But then when you re-sign them, what have they done for us since then? You can go, well, they've had injuries. But at the end of the day, those guys aren't guys that you invest all this hefty money from. Um, you can say Nathan Avaldi didn't get this major big contract or whatever. But aside from those moves, he hasn't done anything like when you look at Cashman and what he's done over there in New York and how he brought in Batances and how he flipped the – how he. In a sense, kind of played Theo with the whole Rodas Chapman thing. 
and how he brings in all these guys like Severino and, and, and does all this creative thing to sort of redefine the culture over there. Dave Dombrowski isn't necessarily, I don't want to say he's not as skilled, but he, he's not as like risk-taking to doing things like that to revamp your clubhouse, to revamp your team so that you can go into a season and have the year like New York is having. And I just personally don't think he's the guy for the future. I That's, that's, that's where I stand with Dave Dombrowski personally. Hmm. Well, well, I'm I'm still a no on firing him right now. I haven't loved this year either. I don't know how anyone could, but he's still one of the best teams in baseball when I look at it. I mean, ownership, to be fair, hamstrung him a bit this year with luxury tax restrictions, and he was saddled with some contracts like Pedroia's and Sandoval's that weren't his fault. You know, I really hate the frequent turnover at manager and at GM that the Red Sox always seem to have. It seems like every three years, those seats change, and oh, yeah. I'd like a bit of stability there for a little while, to be honest. So, I mean, they should stick with Dombrowski to me. Like I said before, I think this season would have turned out a lot differently if he didn't have those restrictions placed on him by ownership. I think the moves that he made would have been different. I, would he have re-signed Avaldi and Pierce, which of course haven't been great re-signings? Probably, maybe, yes. And I didn't like those signings either. But I think he would have been more aggressive in the trade market. And I think we would have seen a different team than we have right now and a better team than we have right now. So... I mean, he earned it to me after last year. He's earned another year beyond this year. He's earned at least two years after that last World Series championship. So I believe they should stick with Dombrowski. Uh, do you have any final thoughts on this year, Gio, the year that was? Because I guess the last thing I want to say is it's really disappointing that the years that Xander and Devers have had are going to be wasted, particularly with Xander, because he's a guy that if his teammates played up to the level that they should have, mm-hmm. he could be in the AL MVP conversation right now. And he won't be because his team just hasn't played well enough. He's not a guy like Mike Trout whose performance can just transcend team record. He needed that boost of being on a great team and he's not going to get it. And his teammates really owe him the biggest of apologies for costing him the chance at history. You know, if the Red Sox winning at a high level got Rick Porcello a Cy Young, which it did, it could have got Xander an MVP. So it just adds to the disappointment of this year that he won't seriously be considered in that conversation. Yeah, if I had any final thoughts, I'd completely agree with you. I've been writing it on, you know, damn near every one of my past Red Sox blogs that seasons like him, like Devers, like Vasquez are going wasted. Even Brandon Workman, when you look at the the load of work he's had to, you know, come through and get out of the bullpen. Um, Matt Barnes, who hasn't had the greatest year, but you look at those two guys and, you know, they've had an incredible load carrying that bullpen of nobodies. And, you know, Bogarts, even look back at the All-Star break, how he couldn't even get into the All-Star game, and he was frustrated. And you got to understand the frustration. You know, last last season, everybody was getting the All-Star votes. It was almost like Golden State. Everybody gets the votes when you're playing well. When you're not playing well, guys, people don't want to watch you. People don't want to be engaged. The fans don't care. They don't want to, you know, pay as much attention to you because you're playing like garbage. And that's what the Red Sox have been doing all season long. And that's why guys like him, like Vasquez, like, like Devers, aren't going to get the shine that they should be getting for the seasons as they've been putting together to try to keep this team from completely falling off the cliff. And it's it's incredibly frustrating to watch as a fan, and I'm sure from the player's perspective, it's even more frustrating. Yeah, you know, Gio, and I'll say this before we do get out of here because we have basically been using this as an obituary for the Red Sox season. It's not entirely over yet. They're seventh in the AL in record right now, which means there's only one team between them and the Rays for that second wildcard spot. So they they only need to jump one team, and they are six and a half back of the Rays. They have one more four-game series against Tampa before the season is over in late September. So look, I mean, the AL is just so bad. 
if they can start playing well again and they get to that Tampa series and they're within three and a half games, which isn't too much to ask, then they're in it. They, they have the chance there. They have a, a chance to sweep Tampa. I know that's pretty difficult, especially after what we just saw Tampa do to them. But hey, I mean, it's not 100% over. So I'll give that last chance of hope that, hey, there's a four-game series with Tampa at the end of September waiting for you. If you just get back on track, if you get your head straight, if you start playing up to your talent level for just one month, then you can look up in September and you'll have the chance to make it back to the playoffs or at least that wildcard play-in game. And you can stop being this team that everybody looks at as a massive disappointment and a bunch of underachieving losers. So there's one final hope for the Red Sox. And it's that Tampa series waiting for you at the end of September. And you just need to play well until then. So we'll see, Gio. We'll see if they can climb back into it. Writing them off right now seems appropriate given the eight-game losing streak and everything that's following this team. But who knows? Anything can still happen. There's still plenty of baseball left to play. So, Gio, thank you for joining us. Thank you guys for listening. Remember to follow Gio on Twitter at SportsGuyGeo and at Boston Sports BSR. Uh, also, like I said a bit today and last week, be sure to check out my new project at Boss Sports Polls on Twitter and give it a follow. You can follow me on Twitter at KJLGBS. Follow the pod on Twitter at Smart Pod. Check out everything over at Guy Boston Sports. And thanks for listening, guys. We'll see you next week.